This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is powered by Garmin and their Forerunner 965 GPS smartwatch, which goes beyond the basics, offering detailed insights into your running dynamics, VO2 max estimates, heart rate variability, recovery times, and much, much more. Visit garmin.com.au for more details. Welcome to episode number 320 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Got a bit of running news tonight, maybe a bit of training talk. We got some uh, interesting chat about marathons, why they're selling out, and some of the numbers behind that. The highly anticipated Garmin 4Runner 965 review, that's going to be coming at you as well. Moose on the loose, a couple of whispers, listen to question. We'll fulfill at least an hour, I think, here, fellas. Um, welcome to my co-host, the man Dan Anglesey. Didn't do a lot of running last week, and I'm not 100% why. Not sure why, but Julian Spence, welcome to the show this week. Thank you. Yeah, not a, it was a planned down week, but it was an extra, extra down week for me. Yeah, 48Ks. We'll get to you. I think it's 48Ks for the week. We'll get to that in a second. My other co-host, the fastest man in Australia with a loop recorder in his chest, Bradley Croke. How are you going? Good, Brady. I, uh, I had a pretty ordinary week, but um, I still managed to run more Ks than Moose. Bloke with a loop recorder ran more Ks than the guy who's run a marathon in 10 weeks. <laughs> Who would have thought? Well, I think it says more about how bad Moose's week was rather than how good mine was because I still only ran like 70-odd K. Let me guess. Did you hit like exactly 70 on the head again? I haven't actually looked at your mileage yet. Nah, and I, I actually haven't really ever hit 70 right on the head. I've always been a couple K over the last sort of six weeks. Yeah, they've got that line. It's like 2K over under. You just stick around there somewhere. Yeah. How are we going, boys? How are we, we busy? We getting ready for Christmas? Just give me a general vibe. You're winding down work croaks. Like, how's life not running related at the moment? Um, yeah, it's good. So I've finished, uh, yeah, teaching obviously for the year, um, but Bib's still working till the end of the week. So uh, Lily's on school holidays. So um, yeah, I'm sort of looking after her the days that Viv's working and Collis is still in daycare, which is handy. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, it's an exciting time of the year. Like, you know, I think we've said it, I, don't, I know I said it other years, like now that I'm a parent, I think Christmas becomes a little bit more special again. Um, whereas for a long time there, it was just like, oh yeah, it's just Christmas. Um, but you know, like later this week we'll go uh, looking at Christmas lights and then we'll probably, you know, let the kids stay up a bit later and watch like a Christmas movie um, and then, you know, carols on Christmas Eve and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's an exciting time of year now that we've got kids. I can hear the excitement in your voice. I'm impressed. <laughs> Moose, what about what you? Christmas Give me a vibe. I want to know the Christmas yeah, movie. Yeah, true, so do I. Well, I'll sort of let that up to Viv, but we're thinking either like, like probably something like Santa Claus. Um, yeah, it can't be one of the, like Bad Santa or yeah. I think the kids are a bit young for one of those uh... <laughs> National Lampoons Christmas Vacation. Yeah, we could 
Yeah, well, that always gets a run on Christmas Day. It's always on every Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably Santa Claus. Um, I don't mind. Like, I don't mind the Deck the Halls one for a bit of a laugh. You know, the one with Danny DeVito in it. Nah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I think I think Santa Claus just given the um, the age of the kids. There's a reboot of that Croaks, which is like a TV series, The Santa Clauses. Oh, okay. So it's got Tim Allen in it again, and the episodes go for like 30 minutes. We've been watching a couple at school just to pass the time these last couple of weeks. Any good? Yeah, it's been pretty good. I've enjoyed it. Like, you've got to know, well, the kids in my class, I don't think I've watched the Santa Claus, but yeah, so trying to tell them, like, what, how the situation's or the story's already been written. But um, yeah, it's good. Like, anything that's newer, I think, is appealing. Yeah. Well, we'll those other back ones next are pretty week. old. Yeah, let you know what time we watch. Can't wait until that. Moose, how are you going? Not that excited. It's up and about. Yeah, but... You said you were, Moose. Remember last week, we're like, oh, surely you don't have a Christmas tree up. And then you're like, oh, no, my daughter absolutely loves it. So surely that gives you some excitement. Yeah, she likes Santy, big fan, and likes uh, got a photo with Santy last Monday. So she was pretty stoked with that. But doesn't mean doesn't mean we're watching Christmas movies yet. She... She just watches Peter Rabbit, and she's quite happy with that. Yeah. Wait till she's it. five. Wait till she's five. Then it might five, be a bit different. Yeah. You five. go looking at Christmas lights, Moose? Nah, no. That Grinch. Would, nah, well, my kids are too young. They fall asleep before it gets dark. Yeah, and it's Anglesey. Mm. I'm not sure there's many. Well, like, they don't do it down there. Well, well, I'm not sure. It's just a small, small town, mate. See, like, Brady, we, we're going to put the kids to bed and then wake them up when it gets dark. Yeah, well, we tried that the other night because across the road from our house, the lady, like, absolutely loves it, does massive, like, Christmas light decorations, but then Hudson's already asleep before it gets dark every night, so then we woke him up at, like, 9pm, took him out there, and he just didn't wake up, didn't care, <laughs> had his eyes open for about 30 seconds, and then I was like, put me back to bed, then couldn't remember any of it the next morning. Yeah. So good luck <laughs> with that. But yeah, he's got no idea what's happening out the front. Like, there's cars going past, people are stopping, people are bipping their horns. He's got no idea what happens out the front of his window every night across the road. Let's talk some running anyway, fellas. Boost, kick us off. Why'd you only run 40k last week? Well, I, uh, it turns out I had gastro. So I think I talked to you guys on the Monday after having a, a family kind of day with afternoon catch up with Breeze family on the Sunday Arvo. Now, that was fine. Ran Monday, 10K that morning. And then in the afternoon started, um, oh, no, sorry. I only ran once that day, and it was a heat training session, so I talked about that. Started at 23 degrees Celsius in the gym and then got to 26. So I, the, the optimal was sort of around 50 to 60% humidity with at about 34 degrees so it just wasn't quite warm enough so I wore the full kit and I ran uh, about 41 minutes don't look into the paces and the distance here because the the treadmill and the watch don't sync up very well and I know we'll talk about this later but so is this watch though data not treadmill data yeah well I kind of take a punt in the middle because the treadmill is super fast I put that on five minutes a K on the treddy and, and it feels like four minutes a K. And my my watch tells me, like the first time I ran with my watch, it told me it was about four minutes a K. But I entered the treadmill data instead 
and so my watch now tells me it's real slow. So it's <laughs> it's a bit confusing. But regardless, it was um, it was a good start to that. Uh, next morning, ran 10k, and then I did a, a double in the Arvo. And this is on the treaty. I started to get an upset stomach. This was a warmer day, so the treaty like it's the the temperature started 35 degrees at 42 percent. So bang on perfect for heat training. But by the time I finished after 35 minutes, it it climbed only a degree in temperature, but it went from 42% humidity to 46 to 86%, and the difference was incredible in how hard that was to to run with that um, humidity. So I got off the treddy. I was I had a pretty upset stomach, and I had really bad nausea, and I was obviously really hot because I just done a heat session. My heart rate stayed pretty stable given that the humidity jumped so much, I just had to continually slow the treddy down as it jumped. But I never really took off or skyrocketed or anything. Uh, so I got off. I, c- I couldn't eat dinner. I went out on the balcony, actually, that, like that other. I saw, the, saw this bloody tiger snake just going past my house again. So that was, that, was, <laughs> that was... And as I was sick, I'm like, oh, I should go down and deal with that. But I didn't, just watched it take off. And then that evening, went to bed early, uh, threw up, and I thought, oh, I've cooked myself with heat stroke here. Had a long sleep. Uh, felt like I just had a lot of nausea going on and a pretty upset stomach in the morning and had the day off running. But in the meantime, Bree's family had sort of got back to her saying, well, last night, one of the kids, 4 a.m., was like throwing up and had terrible diarrhea. And then there was four or five others in the family that had the same thing. So I started to sort of think, oh, maybe it wasn't heat stroke. Maybe I just had that gastro. And then it actually lingered. So I had that day, the next day off. Then I jogged on a Thursday, just half an hour, and I had to stop a couple of times. It was pretty bad. Uh, then I had Thursday and Friday off. I thought I was coming good, but I still had nausea and just really bad fatigue. So I didn't go to work or anything. Wasn't throwing up. Couldn't really eat properly. I uh, couldn't drink properly either. Otherwise, it just gave me bad nausea. And and then we, we headed out on Saturday. This was a brave effort. I'm not sure how we pulled it off, but headed out to Dalesford for um, Simone, my f- friend, and Ned, Ned Verway, actually, probably recognized the surname dane's brother they they were getting married out near dalesford so we headed out there and i decided to go for a run that arvo just to just to try to kickstart things a little bit and yeah again wasn't great ran half an hour had to stop at the bathroom but about a half an hour to an hour after this run i just came good all of a sudden i just like geez i'm not nauseous and i'm getting a little hungry and I can stomach some drink and and then had a good time at the wedding. Pretty fatigued and tired still, so I wasn't like a wild a wild party animal or anything, but got through the wedding without feeling sick and and enjoyed it. So it was a great result. How many people from the wedding now got gastro? <laughs> well that not your problem I don't know. Anymore. They might like they might like the gastro as an excuse <laughs> for how sick they were on Sunday morning. 
Hey, uh, back, back to the humidity. How are you getting that so high? Like, are you boiling pots of water? Nah, not at all. How do you get so this, to that? This was purely me sweating in in front of the heater. And so my moisture content from the sweat getting into the air was making it that much more humid. Really? Yeah. There's, there, I did nothing outside of sweat in that room. And and then about 25 minutes in, I'm like, this is getting fucking hard work. And so I opened the window that's next to me and it didn't really change anything. Didn't drop the humidity at all. Maybe made it slightly more comfortable. Uh, yeah, so... I, there are tips to increasing the humidity if you have to, but I really don't need to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, Sunday morning went to the, the recovery run. So they had like the wedding had a recovery catch-up run and, and we headed down for that. So cut a few laps of Lake Dalesford at a, at a pace that was um, a little bit hard for me to manage, 525 average. It's it's about 30 seconds slower than the slowest runs that I'll ever do, and that just it just has you catching your your feet a little, like you're really chopping your your stride a lot, uh, and yeah, that's I mean it's just part of group running I guess, but it was a very low heart rate and it was probably good for me because I felt really good today and I feel like I'm back on track, but it was 48k for the week. What happened in the 3K that you missed, Moose? Oh, yeah. So 3K results. Went out slow. So bad from them there. And then we had Toby. He kind of took off a little bit. Um, oh, what did he end up running? 8.42 maybe? 8.42 for the win. Uh, and then after that was Sam Williams, 8.46. I reckon Crammers may have come in after that, maybe about 8, 56 or something. I'm not exactly sure. But, yeah, it was pretty good. It was good. They, they all handled themselves pretty well. Many people get into you for not being there? Oh, a couple tried, just the real old low IQ ones. <laughs> what do you, um, so did you just, like, not go to work, sit on the couch for, like, three or four days? What did you do to pass the time? Watch anything on Netflix? Read a book? Nah, I didn't do any of that. I was putting, so we um we launched our online store on Tuesday, which is the the actual running company Geelong has an online store, and that is a, separate to the running company, um like overall main site, which has got the collection of all the stores on the one website. So we've always really wanted our own because we've got a, a really close following and a lot of people. They want to shop with us, but they, they never could because we could, didn't have our own site. And the way the main site works is it's geographical based. So, Brady, if you're sitting up there in Echuca, you want to buy a, a, a hat from me, um, well, you buy the hat off that online store, the main site, and, and the, the, the sale and the product will come from the closest store that has that, that item to you. Yeah, because so, this has happened with Carly before. She thought she was buying stuff off you. And then remember that? That's right. It happened with that heart rate monitor. Yeah, for sure. that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we, we kind of have a pretty, I guess, close following and we wanted to be able to provide a, a place for people to support us and get product from us. And um, we can, we often help people with, with 
advice over the phone, on social media, over email, and often they, they go to the website not knowing that the, the sale won't go to us or the, the product won't come from us. Um, and so we kind of lose that sort of connection at that point. Whereas this online store now is a place where we can chat directly to the customer and, and show them our range. And uh, if anyone out there is, is listening who's like, oh yeah, I really like that review you did on the, the Garmin 965 and I'd like to pick one up. Um, well, and you'd like to support like a local running store like ours rather than a big box store. Uh, and you'd even like to support the Geelong store rather than like the entire group, I guess. Um, then there's a website now, an online store that we, we have available for you. So when I type it in there, I just typed in the running company Geelong. And yeah. is it, so what's the actual web address? Because got... The web address, yeah. It's, it's, so it's still new. So it'll, um, the web address is geelong.therunningcompany.com.au. And so if you, if you forget that or you're finding your way onto the actual main site, the, the, the running company site, you can hit store locations, you can go down to Geelong, and there is a, there should be a. Oh yeah, shop a, our online store at the bottom there. Shop oh, our yeah. online store. Yeah, yeah, got it. Look, it's a, obviously like the main site has has a, a, a greater selection of products because it's it's like eleven stores pulled into one, and so on our store eventually there's going to be an option where if someone's looking at the Geelong store and they're like. And, and, and we, we don't have the particular color or size or whatever that the customer wants. They can hit check our main site and you can, you can head across there. So there's definitely like it'll still give you that customer experience. But you, just, you built this yourself? No, we didn't build it ourselves, but we've had to tidy up a lot of it. Um, and we've had to create like the products and we've just smoothed a lot of things out. It's taken a little bit to smooth out. It looks good. Uh, yeah, there's some cool stuff on there. Like there's some there's some product on there that's hard to find elsewhere, and we, it it gets added daily. So part of like this work, actually, Toby especially is 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 playing a big part. Um, he's adding products every day. He's finding like cleaning up all the photos, and uh, he's doing a lot of back end work. And and yeah, so it's um it's fun. It's 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 different from normal work. It's hard to stare at a screen for so long. I don't particularly love that. It gives me a bit of a headache, but it's it's nice to be able to um, provide like somewhere where someone can support our store, Ju- like Bree, Julian, uh, Jimmy, Toby, all the guys in the store. Like they can actually get supported by by those that might find value from something we do. Do you think the other stores will take a leaf out of your book, Moose, and do the same thing? There are a few that already have done it, uh, but you probably just haven't seen. Um, so the, there's obviously the main site, but then there, like, there's a few sub stores as well. They're called, and and I think there's four other sub stores. Only maybe two are online currently, uh, but we we kind of feel like we might have the 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 biggest sub store just because of the sort of the the reach that we have into the the running community outside our local area. I guess. Yeah. Can I ask yeah. you some? Um just store-related questions while I've got you here. First yes. one, this isn't a question, this is a statement. How good's that new colorway of the Superblast? Yeah. That yellowy They're... blue one. Both yeah. of them are actually pretty good, the red and sunrise red, or white and sunrise red. Um, the hype around Nova Blast 4, is that going to be a competitor with the Superblast? 
A lot of people are thinking that. I, I'm still, I like the Nova Blast 4 a lot. And if the Super Blast wasn't there, I would be wearing it a ton. But for me, the Super Blast just provides that little bit more energy. Like it, it's just a little bit funner. It's a little bit bouncier. I feel I can go a little faster in it. It's more stable for me as well. Whereas the Nova Blast, perhaps slightly more rocker, uh, it does cost $90 less than Nova Blast. So that's a huge benefit. If you're not ready to spend $320 for a Super Blast, Nova Blast at $230, amazing price. Probably the best value for money shoe in the store. What about if you've already got a Super Blast in your rotation, you could chuck a Nova Blast in there as well? Yeah, 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 you could. That's what I'm you could. I'm doing that myself. I run Nova Blast, Super Blast together. Super Blast for the long run days for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's hard. The Super Blast still the one of the best shoes I've ever worn in my life. Nova Blast, very good shoe. Still lacks that little bit of zing that the Super Blast does. He looked after us too, Croaks, didn't he? I had a knock on the door today. Delivery from the running company Geelong. Bit of a pack of uh, goodies. Yeah, I had a nice little delivery last Monday and I was like, oh, Moose, can I share this on my socials? He's like, oh, no, hang on for a second. But there's some shoes and Patagonia gear and some socks and one of these pure gels that he's been banging on about. Mm, What flavour pure gel do you get? Uh, I think I've got like the cola one. Yeah, so do I. Which I think that's your favourite, isn't it, Moose? Yeah, I went the cola one because that is universal favourite. I think we sell about five colas to every other flavour, and it, it is delicious. It really is. And this these gels might change your mind here because it's like it's a liquid, and so you can get it down in in maybe two goes at it. Whereas some of the other gels, it takes a few kind of sips off the end, a few little bites of the packet to get it all down. And maybe you have to chew a little bit. Maybe you have to get a bit more saliva. Whereas this being liquid, you can drink it down in two goes and you're done. You're back running. Jail, gone. 50 grams as well. And like, is it 25 grams of carbs? 30, 24. Yeah, 24. So it's not a high. That's pretty standard though for a gel that size. Yeah, standard. It's not a high batch. Um, You you mix it in with some of the others. So I'll I'll often um, like alternate this with a Morton gel or a drink mix or something like that. But it because it's liquid, you don't need to have water when you're out on the run. You can get it down. You don't need to be next to a, a tap, which is even better kind of benefit to it. Mm, none of that sticky feel on your fingers either. You know when the oh, thick gels just get stuck on your fingers? Yeah, I've fucked up a few of these ones before and had them run down my finger. You've, <laughs> that's, a, that's an art form, that, being able to take the top off and then get it down with no run at all. What about sometimes when it gets stuck, you don't notice it, but it must flick off and then lands in like your leg hair. And then you're driving home from the long run. You're like, why is, <laughs> my, why is my hair on my legs all knotted? Yeah. Also, I've never had that happen. Oh. I haven't had that on. <laughs> no, no, hard enough. No, I really appreciate that. Moose, a pair of shoes for you too, Crooks. What'd you get? Yeah, I got the um, Saucony Triumph. Oh, yeah. I got the uh, New Balance Super Comp Trainer. Have I got that right, Moose? Yeah, yeah, you got that one. Very soft. Seems like a Super Blast competitor. I put it on, I was like, is this a... But that's got a carbon plate in it for a train shoe. Yeah, and it's got their good foam too. Yeah. So it's it's it do, it's not a session shoe for me. I ran Burnley half in this. I think if you remember, I yeah. chatted about it there. And I I didn't love it for the, for the faster pace for an extended time. But it's a really... For me, it's a really safe, 
long run type shoe on concrete. Um, it's just carbon plate, pretty rocked, good pop, pretty high stack. I think it's about 42 mil, 44 mil or something. Feels like so, a super shoe jogging shoe. Like, that's how yeah. I, that's how we look at it, yeah. That's how I'm looking at it. I'll test that out. I'll report back, but thank you for that. Uh, we'll get Ross to put the link to the store in the show notes if anyone's interested in that. Croaks, what have you been doing? Um, yeah, so I didn't have the best week, even though I still hit my uh, – I guess that's one good thing. When you're capped at 70K, you can have a pretty ordinary week and still hit your, uh, your goal mileage. Um, yeah, because I came off sickness – so Tuesday was my first run, but I wasn't going to do a session first run back. So, um, yeah, because I went to the doctor on the Monday and they gave me a script for antibiotics, but they said just hold off for a couple of days because if it's viral, it'll just clear up on its own. Um, but if it hangs around for a couple of extra days, then start taking the antibiotics. But then I guess Monday afternoon, I actually started to feel better. So that's why I ran on the Tuesday. Uh, I just did a lap of mulligans. Uh, that was actually my first run with the new watch. Uh, so I just did 8K, uh, 423s. actually felt pretty good. Um, I guess I hadn't run since Friday. Then on the Wednesday, uh, ran a little bit longer than what I had been on. The, so I'd been running just doing an hour, um, but I added an extra five minutes to this run. So 15K at 420s. And then Thursday, I normally take Thursdays off and run Saturdays, but because we had the handicap race on the Saturday, um, I didn't think I was going to get a run in on the Saturday, or if I did, it would be late in the afternoon. So I just decided to run on the Thursday instead. So just nine and a half K at 424s. And then Friday was my one session for the week. And I wasn't super motivated because there's no group session because everyone was doing the handicap on the Saturday. So I thought, oh, I'll just go out to to mulligans and do the loop that everybody's doing on the saturday as a well it started out it was going to be a tempo and then it sort of turned into a progression run and then with a k to go i'm like this feels like pretty much a race effort now um I, like i honestly don't think i could have run much faster uh on the day like i was yeah like it wasn't a great run for me um but it was on the warmer side like for me i find when i'm doing continuous sessions if it starts to get above like 18 19 degrees like i definitely noticed a difference to like 10 um and so the heat was definitely starting to zap me towards the end so like i went like 334 and 332 for my first two k's which uh is predominantly all uphill and then it was like 328 327 327 325 and 318 for the last uh 900 meters so it's a 6.9 k loop uh, i did that in yeah just under 24 minutes at averaging 327 so um yeah, it doesn't look anything spectacular, but my heart rate was pretty high, like average 169 for that um, for that 24 minutes. So that was uh, that was a session Friday. Um, yeah, Saturday we had the handicap, so I didn't run. And then on Sunday, uh, I did an hour 45 with um, a few of the guys, which got me uh, what to do just under 25k, I think. For yeah, 24.8 at 4:13s. Uh, felt pretty good on that run. So that was a week of yeah, 73K. So, Have, um, talk to us about the handicap run. Yeah, so um, it was good fun. Like, last year was the first year that we did it, and uh, we had eight runners. Uh, this year we had 16. So I sat down with Elliot um, to work out the handicaps last week, and it was good having some data from last year so we could look at what people had raced in the months leading up and most of the runners that ran it last year had a park run a couple of weeks before and it seemed to be that 
people were running about 10 seconds a K slower than their park run pace. So that was a pretty good place to start. And then we would just look at individual athletes. So for example, like Rob's not running great over 5K at the moment, but he's, you know, better, better sort of strength runner, which you need a bit of that over some of these hills. So then we just sort of adjust it based on um, the individual sort of athlete. But it, like it was pretty successful. Like we had um, like the first three guys, so it's a 6.9K loop, as I said, like, and the first three guys were separated by four seconds. Um, we yeah. had uh, we had first four, so it was like, yeah, two seconds between first and second, another two seconds between second and third, seven seconds then back to um, fourth place, two seconds back to fifth, and then 11 seconds back to sixth. And so, yeah, we had eight people in the, uh, eight people finished within 30 seconds, which I reckon is pretty good for a 6.9K loop. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, real good handicapping. Yeah, like you're always going to have a few people that have bad runs. And, and there's a few people that were probably handicapped out of it because I feel like when you're doing this, you can't just take their last couple of runs. You've got to look at them as an athlete and what they've done in the last like year. And so, for example, Rob. Like Rob, when he's running well, would have been like super competitive with his handicap. But since Berlin, he hasn't really been running as well. So we, you know, so his handicap was pretty harsh based on what he's actually been running the last sort of four to six weeks. And then there's other people that are coming back from injury that have run quite well. So they did a park run a couple of weeks ago. You go, all right, well, they're going to be much better in two weeks time than what somebody who's been consistent for the last six months. Um, yeah. So it was good fun though. Like, and then, Yes, we had probably 20 of us out there um, and then went for breakfast afterwards. So, um, yeah, had got a perpetual trophy sorted for this year. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll be something that'll um, continue to happen sort of the weekend before Christmas. Do people have bets and stuff on it? Uh, no, we – not really. Like, I was more interested just to see how close we could get, like, as sort of, an, you know, because I was doing it with Elliot. As, as it turned out, Elliot won the race. Um, oh, but that's because, convenient. Yeah, but I guess I was the one that ended up sort of signing off on it anyway. So, but, you know, he only won by two seconds. And I feel like it was a good split between – so Elliot would have started somewhere in the middle of, you know, of the pack. And then the guy that finished second was – started second last the guy that finished third started third last so it was sort of a good a good mix um yeah no good good fun events handicaps i reckon good to have at that time of the year as well give some people some stuff to focus on yeah and we got lucky as well The, the only downside is like i'd love for people to be able to run this loop really fast whereas there's going to be some you know, times when it's mid-December and you're going to be running at 7.30 in the morning and it's going to be like 25 degrees and so people mm-hmm. aren't going to run that well, which it doesn't really matter for a handicap, but both last year and this year we got pretty good conditions. It was probably only like 15 degrees when they were running. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, good. Tell you about my week, fellas. Monday, kick things off, 15K, 4.44s, and then 9K in the afternoon with some strides. Do you guys have like the um, heat wave come through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Crunks, you would have had it been pretty warm. Yeah, I'm trying to – yeah, it was hot and warm. humid. Actually, what I noticed here in Campbell was the humidity more than yeah. anything. Yeah. It's – um, and because we don't get any humidity here, it's uh, – like, and that's the difference between like when it got to like Friday and Saturday – or definitely Saturday, Sunday, that air was like real crisp. You could feel like you could breathe rather than sort of breathing through a straw, yeah. which is how it felt first Give part of the week. Give me 40 degrees and dry heat any day over like 33 and humidity. Yeah, like different it's world. just thick, isn't it? It's oh. sticky. It, it gives you, for me, it like heats me up so much quicker. Yeah. Well, wow. that, that humid, 
So that humidity, you know, that real um, thick air where you feel like you're sort of breathing through a straw and you sort of come become a bit sort of short of breath. Yeah. Like that's almost how I feel when I'm having some of these like heart issues. And so there's been a few instances recently where I'm like, oh, is this my heart stuff coming again? But it's only really happened on those really humid days. And so I reckon it is more the just the really thick air that sort of mimics that um those arrhythmias yeah. a little bit and not cooling down overnight like that's what got me over these days so like i think it was like 24 25 overnight so you feel like you're doing the right thing getting up at 5 or 6 a.m to work out early and it's still just hot um so i did three by 3k at like 325 pace off two minutes jog on tuesday morning and it was hard i ideally i wanted to do four I had like low energy. I just couldn't get going. It was like my Strava says 24 degrees and 70% humidity. Um, I, I've had an issue with my, the Coros, um, cause I, so I'm rolling the new Garmin now, Moose. I wonder if you've had this same issue. It picks up the heart rate monitor straight away on my arm, but say I do a warm up and then I save that run and then go to like start my workout as a separate run. And then it's like the heart rate monitor almost goes to sleep and then it doesn't pick it up unless I kind of like select it. Have you had any issues it's, there? It's No, it's weird you say that. Toby said that he had that as well. Yeah. Um, so, so it's almost like you need to take, like when I put my flats on, I almost need to pull it off my arm and put it back on. So then when I go to start the workout, it recognizes it. And it was an amateur mistake by me that I didn't even notice that when I was getting my watch ready to start, it didn't, because usually it alerts you and says external heart rate connected. Yeah. And then, so I'm doing this workout and I'm like, this is hard. I feel shocking. And then I'm looking down at my heart rate and it's like 130. Then it would jump up to 170 and then it go to like 125. And it's just like, I'm like, oh, this is the wrist heart rate. So I actually didn't have any data to like help me. Because if I had accurate data, I would have been just like, don't worry about paces, just get the heart rate down and, um, kind of stay in that zone but I didn't so I um that was one mistake the second mistake I reckon I'm going too late like that was probably seven o'clock by the time I started and the sun's pretty high at seven o'clock and the third mistake was I don't think I can get away with like we did 36k over hills on the Sunday and then I tried to work out on the Tuesday it's just I've got to go to um, Sunday Wednesday I think pretty soon because my legs were still banged up um, yeah it, but, it happens like yeah. that like, and it, and it killed, like, I'm walking away from this workout going, like, what the fuck? Like, I can't even do reps at 325 and I want to run a marathon in 10 weeks at, you know, 318, 319, hopefully. Like, it, it smashes your confidence, but then you've got to look at it from the outside looking in and go, look at all these factors that are affecting this and, and respect them. Don't try to push through it. Agreed. So, I, that's, that, that's been a good move, I th- or that will be a good move for you, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the afternoon I went on the gym treadmill. So like it was still, I don't know, 35, 36 degrees, but I just put on five minute K pace for 6K under the air conditioner. That was probably, I don't know, 22, 23 degrees in there. And I felt like it was a good move that I could have the drink bottle there. I could sip away the air conditioners on good atmosphere. Cause you've got other people, um, no direct sunlight on you. So I think I'm going to, we're doing the opposite here, Moose. You're getting on your treadmill to, to heat yourself. I'm getting on my, our treadmill to, um, cool myself down but i think that's going to be a good way to double coming forward um wednesday it was still hot like yeah it was 25 degrees at 6 30 a.m so i did 13k at 4:47s, 7k in the treadmill that afternoon thursday it cooled down a bit so i did 20k at 4:23s, and then seven and a half k at 4:40s. and then friday i had on my plan to do 20 by 400 wanted to hit them at like 70 
um, I got 11 in and just pulled out. Like, I was just, it was cool in the morning. It was still, um, the only excuse I really had for this one is the oval was wet, and I just felt like I was slipping all over the place. But one of those ones that, like, a week ago to the day, I did, I think, 16 400s, two sets of eight in, like, 68, 69, and felt amazing. And this week, 70s were so hard. And the 45-second recovery felt like it was like 10 seconds. And I just I just think I probably put myself in a bit of a hole. And I'm like, there's time to push through workouts. And there's other times where you just got to like not flog the dead horse and just DNF them and just mm. get yourself out of the hole. And yeah, it was probably a combination of like, I, I ran my second highest K week for the year last week. So I was probably tired from that, tired from work. The heat was probably cooking me a bit. And I'm just like, I'm going to the the bucket to try and get some energy out of it in this workout and just nothing was coming out so i just walked off the track um, it's too early it's too early for that given what's coming up oh 100 i'm just like and i've been like back in the gym the last two weeks i've still got a little bit of like doms and stuff which yeah i kind of want to prioritize that and yeah keep the gym routine up to know that it's going to pay dividends hopefully in 10 weeks or in six weeks kind of thing i'm going to be feeling stronger through the legs so um Easy jogging's been feeling good. Did six and a half K in the afternoon on that Friday. And then fifteen K on the Saturday at four forty four pace. And then um Sunday morning was a bit cool. I met up with Archie. We uh went down to the hills half an hour away. He was there for the first twenty nine K. We saw a snake. Well I saw the snake. Archie was pretty much gonna run over the snake if he didn't see it. And then we kind of like paused our watches and just let it go across the road like a black snake, probably the size of my arm. And then even we watched it like cross the road and go into the bushes on the other side of the road. But then when we started our watches and ran past that spot, we fanged it. Like we were just like, fucking get out of here. There's a snake in that bush. We just saw it cross the road. Um, so dropped him off at 29K and then I did an extra 8K to get 37K for the morning. So it was a, it's an all right week of mileage. Like I ran 167Ks, but, but no quality. But I'm hoping that, yeah if I just make some right decisions about time of day, separate some some um, time between the longer run and the workout that I can get out of this little hole that I've put myself in. Maybe get a blood test. I wouldn't mind checking my iron levels. Haven't had an infusion for about oh, 14 months. So it'd be good just to get a number there and just check how things are tracking. Work finishes this Wednesday though, so that would be one less thing to think about. But um, yeah. That'd be That'll feel good. That will feel amazing. No work for Carly or I for the next, um, yeah, six weeks as of Wednesday. So, so um, good. Osaka is what, a 10 weeks from now? It was 10 yesterday, wasn't it? I think it was 10, yeah. yeah. So you'd be about to hit the, the block. Mm. And I'm feeling like I haven't done a lot of like long workouts or anything, but I'm feeling good about how the Sundays have felt. Like I've probably ran... I think I've been on these hills six of the last seven weeks. The only week I wasn't there was when I did that um, Zadipec weekend where I did that um, fun run on the Sunday. So, And most of them have been like 32K plus. So, yeah, yeah I'm feeling like I can probably, I don't know, I might get you to write me a program even for the next 10 weeks just to do something <laughs> do something like that. When are you going on the other show? I might do the program while you're on the other show. How's that sound? Something like that. Um, if, I, if I get good iron levels and get a decent program, I reckon I could go all right. But it's hard to love this mess, the old, uh, you get 10 weeks. <laughs> this is Christian yourself. written all over it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is, pre- I'm giving, I'm in a much better spot than Chris I was 10 weeks out. He was going all right 10 weeks out. Yeah. 
I'll follow the. I'll follow. The, you know, I follow the plan. I followed I know, it before. I I always feel like to. I always feel sorry for coaches that get athletes where they say, "Hey, I basically want you to write me the marathon block program," and it's like I feel you, you need to have a couple of months before that so the coach has that sort of pre-marathon block as well. Yeah, but I, mean, I agree. I bet there wouldn't be a lot that you would have changed about the eight weeks before this, would you? Not too much. And you've been doing much. pretty similar stuff. Constantly yeah. a bit of speed, constantly a bit of threshold stuff. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have been too much different. Anyway, I've been, yeah, getting on some hilly long runs. Yeah, I'm just trying to, I've sent them two emails and they don't write back to me. Like, they kind of put out, like, if you've run under 226 or something, send us an email on this website to get on the elite or sub-elite start. But, yeah, nothing. Did you fill out that form? What form? Oh, apparently there's a form to fill out. Oh. oh. Your information with Osaka Marathon has been, all I've been doing is following you, and you have been so misleading. <laughs> you told us to en- you told us to enter the ballot, so we spent three hundred and fifty bucks entering the ballot, and then this website's like, oh yeah, if you haven't, if you run under two thirty, you don't have to enter the ballot. Just do this. The website didn't exist when we entered the ballot. Yeah. Anyway, so what do you reckon? There's a form. Oh, I don't know for sure. I got an email. I sent it to you saying, oh, you can't enter the lottery and you can't apply for a sub elite. So you can either cancel the the um, general entry and not get your money back and then enter the elite and pay the entry fee again or you can just run the general entry. I'm like, well, that's pretty harsh. That is harsh, especially, isn't it? Especially because they're saying you have to cancel your general entry before you apply for the elite and then there's they've limited that to 300 people and there would be 300 people easy going for that. So what happens if you cancel your entry and then they say no you're not in this sub-elite field, you, you don't have an entry at all. Yeah, so maybe hold off, Brady, on that um, marathon, starting that marathon block. Well, I'll just go off the, I'll go from the participation, or the mass participation line, yeah. I reckon. That's what we're doing. That's the worst case. You're well, right behind us anyway. Well, I'm, I haven't got this entry yet. I, I sent him an email today saying, I'm not going to cancel my entry until I'm guaranteed the other entry. Yeah. But mm. who knows? It's, I've sent him. Yeah, I thought maybe mine went to spam, so I sent him another email from my my work email address. But yeah, nothing. Oh, here we go. Elite race official entry form. Yeah, you fill that form out. No, I haven't filled that out. Is there is there a cutoff like entry like for a a time cutoff? Do we have to get it signed Um, by Athletes Australia? They hate us. That's why. That's why they're not writing back to me. I'll sign it for you. We used to have, we had to do that for um yeah, for Lake Biwar as well. Exactly the same form. Yeah. I thought the Japanese were really efficient. Yeah, they well, were at this website. They're efficient but they're also like sticklers for rules and it's like you know, if they want if you if they want AA to sign it, then you've got to get it signed by AA. Mm. That could be interesting. Yeah. But who in AA? Get set up by anyone. Get the local athletics coach to sign it. No, nah, it says governing body. Anyway, yeah. getting off track. Okay. Do you, do you know people who are in the elite or sub-elite entry who are, have got in? Because like, like no. Benny Sane and like, there's a lot of people doing it. Like I think Benny Sane went through the ballot as well. Yeah, so he's, he's a lot of people did what we did. 
and and mm. they're trying to get this other entry, and just they're debating whether they pay the extra money or not. It's got to end up being about five hundred and fifty bucks. Do you get drinks? Yeah, you get the... drinks. Okay. Do you get accommodation? No, well, no, fuck no. Well, we did it like Biwa. I, I, I highly doubt you get accommodation, but you get a, you get a start line area, um, like before the race, somewhere to chill out because it gets really cold. And getting to that start line was carnage last year. It was, it was horrendous. And the toilets, awful. So, like, in terms of lining up, I lined up for about 25 minutes for one and just got in before I had to go into the the bullpen so it's it's worth it if i mean you're going all the way to japan just pay the extra money mate oh yeah i'll put it on the inside running card croaks mm-hmm. yeah um, good call that yeah i reckon we both do that oh yeah probably should have read this website not that ballot no mate. no this website was not out when we entered yeah i know because dean menzies actually he gave me a heads up on this he said hey there is a sit there is a sub elite category at uh osaka they just haven't put their website out yet and updated it for this year, so... Cheers, um, Dean. 31st yeah. of December, we've got to get this sorted by. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so you send that in, and then you hang on to your other one until you get confirmation. Yeah. And then, then you cancel that's, that one. That That's what I'll be doing. Yeah. 228 qualifier. Just snuck in there. All right, 68, 30, 31 flat. Three hours of women. Yeah. It, that doesn't equate, does it? 228 in three hours. Anyway, let's thank some Patreon supporters. Bradley, who you got? Uh, I've got Amir Sherhan in, or Sherhan in, um, from the UK. His estimated bests on Strava are 18.49 for 5K, 38.07 for 10. I actually think that was all in the same run. Uh, 93.50 for the half, which was during a 50K run, and 405 for the marathon, which uh, happened during the Serpent Trail 50K, where he ran five hours and 11 minutes. Pretty sure he's a sound engineer, and he's currently the sound supervisor for Enter Achilles, which must be uh, some production over there. So thank you for your support, Amir. Good on you, Amir. I'm going to yeah. Google that right now, Enter Achilles. Yeah, surprised Brady hasn't heard of that, and he's given you stick croaks for not knowing it. Enter Achilles, like there's some hipster band that he knows about <laughs> no i think it's like a hipster band. Play. Vic, vicar and linda are not hipster bands <laughs> totally paul kelly uh it's a performance created by dance yeah. and theater company dv8 physical theater and directed by lloyd mm. newson there you go first performed 7th of june 1995 i think he spent some time in uh, brisbane as well as a like sound engineer for a production yeah, they moved the tour to Australia in the early 1996s. What, is that old? Well, I don't know if he did, but the, yeah, the performance did. Surely he hasn't been working on it for no, nearly... No, he hasn't. <laughs> hmm. All right. Who's I got Harrison Knowles. Yep, Harrison Knowles. He's from Sydney. PB of 17.13 for 5K. Uh, that's from the 2022 Turbo Runners 5K at the ES Marks track. That's the track at Centennial Park. Am, yeah, am I... yeah, across the road from Centennial Park. Yeah, okay, because that's where the Sydney Track Classic is this year. It is, yeah, and that's where they held the New South Wales 3K champs there. Yeah. Um, that's where I ran my 3K PB. Hey, it's not about you. This is about Harrison. <laughs> uh, Harrison's best 10K came during this year's Melbourne Half. 
where he ran 79.03. So good job, Harrison. Um, Steph living in Sydney. Commiserations are about that. That's tough being a runner in Sydney. Anyone that gets that, you've got to have some commitment if you're a runner in Sydney. Like, hard place to get mileage in. Centennial Park, see Morgan McDonald's back and just cutting laps of that. Mm. Yeah, Un- a lot of uninspiring uh, mileage. Like, yes, Mark, oh, sorry, um, Centennial Park's not too bad. Like, you can get a 16K loop in pretty easily through, like, Centennial Park, Moore Park and Queens Park. Yeah, but not like, every day of the week. No. Queens Park, what, what are they all, like, They're all join next up? to each other, aren't they? Yeah, they're, yeah, the yeah all, they're all next to each other. So more parks where, like, the SCG and the football stadium are. Oh, yeah. And then uh, you've got Centennial Park next to that, and then a bit further east is, yeah, Queens Park. You would have ran right through them for the marathon, wouldn't you, Moose? Mate, I, I, I know we were in there, yeah. but I, I wasn't really looking too much. I did. Tommy pointed out a few things at one point. He's like, that's the white fence that we run around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the, the, the dirt track that you'll see the workouts get run on. And uh, that was about the extent of that tour. Going to ask you about Tommy in a second. Let me thank, though, Marty Turner from Brisbane, Queensland. According to raceview.net, we did find a Marty Turner that's ran 16.47 at the Sandgate Park Run back in 2021. He's ran 36.40 for 10K at the 2021 Gold Coast Running Festival and 79.58, just dipping under 80 minutes at this year's Noosa Half Marathon and 2.55 at this year's Gold Coast Marathon. Seems to be a regular at the Kendron Park Run. I reckon you're right, Croaks. They're all Queensland times. He's a Queenslander. That's what I'm going with. Good following up there in Queensland, don't we? We do. Some good supporters up there in Queensland. We appreciate you. We appreciate all our Patreon supporters. Thanks, Marty, Amir, and Harrison for your support of the Inside Running Podcast. Um, what have we got this week? Shoe Geeks is coming out. That will come out early for uh, Patreon supporters. Moose, oh, that's all teed up. Maybe? No, Shoe Geeks was supposed to happen, but then I got sick. Okay. So it, it, it It'll be happen. coming soon. We'll get, we'll get you one before soon. the end of the yeah, year, maybe. Tom We've got Sinead been... and Ali, though. Sinead yeah. and Ali, Wednesday evening. So that'll be on. There, we did go questions to the Patreon page today oh, for Sinead and Ali, and there's some good ones coming in. Because I put on there, like, this is uncut. Ask anything. Let's go. Like, don't bend around the bush with these questions. Let's go nice and hard. Mm-hmm. So there's a few um, a few good questions coming in there, a few good comments. So good. I'll uh, share those to you before you record on Wednesday. There's one question about you here, actually. What's it like to be coached by a friend of yours? Hmm. Okay. Has the coach-athlete mm. relationship affected your friendship at all? Deep questions for yeah. Wednesday night, Moose. Deep That's questions. Uh, you can find any of that content and all our bonus content at patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. Runner news, what do you got, Moose? The Collingwood Classic happened. Collingwood Classic was on on Thursday evening. Uh, this was one of those community track races where I think it was a pretty good mix, I, I reckon, of AV-type runners and also some getting some rec runners in there as well, especially in the, the longer event. The, um, I believe that's what it was about anyway, but there was a 10K and there was a 5K and a mile. So the 10K, um, Archie Reed ran his third... 10k in what 15 days or something? I think it was 11 days. So it was Zadapec, B grade Zadapec, and then this Collingwood Classic. 
You coaching? You is it you the advisor still there? Not advising that, no. But he pulled it off. He went all right in it. Well, he ran twenty nine forty eight, and he so in the last event he ran twenty nine low, right? B grade twenty nine fifteen at B grade Zadapec. Yep. So and I think maybe twenty nine forty two at Zadapec. Yeah. So he won this race. If he, maybe he's doing it for experience, he's learning the ten k a bit more. He's run three under. 30 minutes and he beat Nate Pierce who uh, he's our Garmin man he ran 30 25 so a pretty good run from Nate and then Nick Dewar was third in 30 44 so pretty solid times out there at Collingwood that'll be a good 10k for you to hit up if you're potentially looking at that 30 minute mark and you want to grab a few mates and have a go at it isn't it great now because like once upon a time there was Zatapec and then there was Steig in 10k Pretty yeah. much couldn't run under 30 minutes for 10K other than those two opportunities. Now you can go to B-grades out of pack, you can go to Collingwood Classic, you can go to Surf Coast 10K in Jan. Um, yep. I'm missing one. I like Richmond do a 5K that you can run pretty quick at. Box Hill rather has their like Box Hill Burn and Box Hill 5K. Like these community, if that's the label you want to give them, like track races are doing wonders for the yeah. sport. Good on them. You know, it's, it's going to be hurting the Shield events. But there's a reason the Shield events are dying anyway. Uh, it's because they're on in the middle of the day and it's hot as hell. It's spread. It's always like spread across hours. They're late. They're delayed. The fields are spread across the entire state. So you're only getting like a few people show up to each meet. And, and these ones, you know what's happening from a long time out. They're in more favourable conditions. There's a much better vibe. There's a lot more atmosphere. It, and the depth. Is, the depth is there. You can get a race out of them. Yeah, they're seeded as well. So you, you're getting multiple divisions, not just one race where you're against someone. Say someone wants to run 15 minutes, they're against someone running 25 minutes in the same race. Yeah, they're good. So there was a 5K yeah. mile as well. Oh, there was also Vanessa Wilson. She was the female winner and... Um, she also came last in the females. <laughs> so she was the only female in the field. She ran 35.56. So solid from Vanessa. In the 5K, Melissa Duncan, she was very strong, I thought. She ran 16.15, pretty much off the front. She had a pacer for perhaps 2.5K, maybe. Um, and then Georgina Ryan was second. She ran 16.58. Alice Oakley Kerr, 17.02. In the men's, Cody Shanahan. And Isaac Hockey went off together, maybe ran five laps together before Cody took off. He was 14.31, Isaac 14.50. Sam Toll was third, 14.52. And in the mile, uh, probably the closest best race of the evening, Will Lewis ran 4.09 to beat Isaac Bibile in 4.11 and Adam Pike, 4.11. Uh, Lucy Cleveland won the ladies, 4.58. Connor Gist. Second in 5.01. Connor. Is that a lady's name? Is in this example, yes. Double check. Got the results here. Double check that. I mean, sorry, if sorry, Connor. I've really highlighted that if, if you're uncomfortable. Yeah, it says Connor, Connor Gist. Okay. Um, and Rachel O'Brien was third in 5.02. Um, so, yeah, good evening by the looks of it. Good vibes down there. Puma. Running company Clifton Hill getting behind it, I saw. 
Look fun. That's the future, I reckon. Four or five of these throughout summer. It's good stuff. I'll go international. Josh Kerr, the uh, world 1,500-metre champion. We saw Jake Whiteman take down Jakob last year, and then Josh Kerr did it this year. He also ran a half marathon last year, where I think he ran 63 minutes something, and that was a big deal. Well, he's went to the same half marathon again in San Diego, and this time ran 61.51. The race does drop about 200 metres um, in elevation throughout the race, so I don't think it qualifies for his uh, world athletics profile. But he's not doing it for that. He's doing it for a bit of a winter hit out for him. And to run 61.51 shows pretty good range. And if he went on to run the season he did after running 63, now he's run 61. Got to be pretty positive signs there, I reckon, fellas. His trainer partner won it in 61.29. I think his other trainer partner was third as well. So I don't mind this from Josh Kerr. And I'm loving the beef. Like he did an interview last week where he said... I'm not going to quote him, actually. It was something like, because um, Jacob had the excuse of being sick at the World Championships, and he kind of said being sick at major championships or before a race is just kind of like having an injury. Like, you, you're at fault for that. You manage your body, and you've obviously got something wrong if you're sick when it comes to performing on a one day. Um, so he said he didn't like that, and he said that Jacob's also got to figure out other ways to win because he's been exposed two times already in the last two World Championships. Hmm. He's a good talker. He's been on the show, Josh. Kerr. Yeah, he's good for the sport, Josh. Good personality. Um, do you reckon it also? You know how some people like throwing a bit of lip to sort of just motivate them. So then he, you know, has to go and back it up. It's like it almost provides him with motivation by like calling Jakob out. Yeah, Brett Robinson reckons he used to do that, just to lip someone off, just to give himself a bit of motivation that he had to perform. Yeah, yeah I like it. it. I reckon someone at his level. Getting the disrespect that he has from from Jakob, who basically didn't acknowledge his win at the World Champs and had that excuse about being sick afterwards, which maybe was, maybe he wasn't. Uh, did he? Te- it was. Did he test positive after that? Is that 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 period? Because no, didn't he come back and win the five k? Yeah, he won the five k a couple of days later. Well, he actually, yeah. I think he re- I think he had to run the heat to the five k the next day. Yeah. So, like, I, I get it. He this. He's not going to take a backward step there, and that is pretty disrespectful. So call him out and um, see what happens. I mean, it, it makes you accountable when you open your mouth like that because you're going to all eyes on you at the next meet, especially when they're going against each other. You don't want to look like a goose if you, if you get smashed up. Yeah, I like it. It's good for the sport. Rivalries, that's what we need. Mm. Are you ready to take your running to the next level? Introducing the Garmin 4965 GPS smartwatch. Whether you're a seasoned marathoner or just getting started on your running journey, the 4965 is designed to elevate your performance. With advanced features like GPS tracking, heart rate monitoring, elevation, recovery advisor, mapping, and personalized running workouts, all delivered to you via a bright mold screen, this sleek and lightweight device is your key to unlocking your full potential. And with smart notifications, you'll stay connected without missing a beat. Receive calls, texts, and app alerts right on your wrist so you can stay in the zone and focused on your run. Worried about battery life? Don't be. The 4965 boasts an impressive battery life of up to 23 days in smartwatch mode, ensuring that it will keep up with you every step of the way. Upgrade to the Garmin 4965 and experience running like never before. Visit garmin.com.au for more details. 
Um, and then the other bit of news was from the Abu Dhabi Marathon. The former world record holder, 2.14 lady, Bridget Cosguy, she picked up the win. She ran 2.19.15. But with the win and the time bonus, she picked up $80,000 US, which is 120000 Australian. So a nice little payday for Bridget. I like that. She... um. She had a quick backup, didn't she? Remember early in the year she ran London and pretty much pulled out 400 metres into the race? Oh, that's right, yeah. And so I think I wasn't sure if that was you've got to start the race to get your appearance fee kind of thing. And then she raced recently. Was it New York, Berlin? And I reckon it yeah. didn't go too well, but then it was just like, you know what, well, let's just go make some cash at Abu Dhabi before the year's out. Nice little Christmas bonus. Buy a new house in Kenya. Buy more than new house, new house I reckon. reckon. 120000 I started looking up houses there the other day just to get a bit of a, um, just a read on the landscape of how much houses cost. Yeah, she ran New York. She came fourth at New York in 227. Remember there Talk was a Talk to big... us about these houses. Yeah, yeah. what did you discover on Ray White? I can't, re- no, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I was doing it. Something was coming up on the show and I thought I should do some research about how much this, oh, you know what it was coming up? It's a great segue into Valencia. They're offering 1 million euros to break the world record there. And I was thinking, this is next year, I was just thinking how many ladies Calvin Kiptum is going to have hanging off him in December next year when he wins 1 million euros for that world record. And I was trying to do the maths about how many houses he could buy in Kenya. But I I haven't quite done the calculations yet. But that's big news, isn't it? 1 million euros. What's that in Australian money? Well, it's just under 2 million Aussie. Is it? Yeah. 2 million. Yeah, wow. That's huge. So they announced that that's going to happen next year, which you assume some people will bypass the Berlins, the New Yorks. um, What else is that time of the year? The Chicago, because they might be coming off Paris to just go all in for Valencia. Yeah, but only if you you, think you can actually run the world record. There's not that many that that can do that. What do you reckon? Cisse Lima? Kipped him. Uh, yeah, Kip those guys have some pretty high confidence. Kipchoge. Like they, they won't be scared going out on world record pace. Oh, you have you have two oh eight guys trying to get a start there, Crokes. Well, they're pretty much on world record pace this year at Valencia yeah. through half. Yeah, like they weren't much off it. Well, they were just over sixty minutes. Anyone under two oh five is they're they're trying to get their manager into that race. Mm. Because they have another, that's a super stereotype, but they have another level of belief. Like some of the guys I was talking to at Sydney had ran like two, 210 four years ago and they were going out at 205 pace at Sydney. I'm just like, what's going to happen here? So I thought, just when you said, oh, that's um, 2 million Australian dollars, nearly 2 million or 1 million euros, it's probably what, 1.2 million US, something like that. So I, I thought, so. Yeah. geez, that's a lot, isn't it? And then... I thought, well, you're doing something that no one in history has ever done, and you're earning what LeBron James makes in two basketball games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Regular season. Yeah. No one in history has done this before. That's like saying, oh, we'll give $2 million out to someone who's going to shoot 25 threes in a game or something like that. But it's still mm. chump change to them, really. It's like LeBron, he only needs to play two games to, to actually earn that amount. Yeah, soccer players. Didn't they offer a, ga- a guy a billion the other day? <laughs> to go to like one of the Arab countries? Pretty sure he got Fucking offered a billion dollars. He turned it down though. 
He turned down a yeah. billion dollars, and we're talking about one million euros, and you have to basically go on some sort of enormous drug binge for probably six to eight weeks beforehand and somehow get away with it. Yeah, 1.1 billion this offer was for 10 Who years. Who was the player? Mbappe. Killian. Oh Do you know it's messed up that I don't even know who that is? You would. I'd probably pronounce his name wrong. No, I think I do, actually. Eileen, yeah, yeah, soccer fans are yelling at me. But talking about soccer croaks, totally off topic. I'd finished our season two of Welcome to Wrexham today. Oh, yeah. I've, Good, isn't it? That's a great TV show, that one. Yeah. I love it. I've just been a, waiting to see Clousy in there. But I just <laughs> never spot him. They've done a really, really good job because I, I feel like it caters for people that aren't even that interested in soccer yeah. or football. Um, yeah. No, I, yeah, I love it. And I, I've even got to the point now where – like, I don't follow any football whatsoever, but I often just Google to see how they're tracking this season. They're going to right too. Yeah, they are. Yeah. i just look that up. A couple of blokes with a lot of time on their hands here. <laughs> Spare time, <laughs> reading books, watching Netflix series. I know, it's Disney+. Oh, got Plus. an afternoon on the couch. All right. Well, let's move on. I want to chat a bit about, I guess, the marathon boom at the moment. So Dave Tarbottom sent through some information today about Chicago and Valencia. So I'll just read through it. So... Um, Chicago have announced that more than 120,000 applications were received for the 2024 edition of the race. Uh, public ballot results have been announced this week with only 50,000 runners um, due to compete. So there's more than double the amount of people applied for yeah, compared to how many spots there were. And then for Valencia, um, this was on the 12th of December. Entries for next year's Valencia Marathon have gone on sale today with over 20,000 places already sold. Uh, and that race is on the 1st of December. So the way um, Valencia works is the first, and it's capped at 35,000. So the first 10,000 bibs get sold at 80 euro, between 10,000 and 20,000 get sold for 100 uh, euro, and then 20 to 30,000, 140, and then 30,000 to 35,000, 180. So I'm on their website now, and it's um, somewhere between 20 and 30,000 entries already sold in the space of like less than a week. Um, so if you're interested in Valencia, the entries are currently 140 euro, um, which brings us to Melbourne. So uh, I think this was announced today. So obviously a couple of weeks ago or last week, you know, it was announced that Melbourne Marathon was sold out. Um, but then it was announced today that there's other avenues to access registrations. And some of these uh, include run for a cause. So you can raise $2,000 for um, premature babies or beyond blue. Uh, affiliate events so like if you go and run great ocean road marathon or an event there you can get an entry for um, melbourne marathon uh, the travel partners the ballot so you go on the wait list and so i think people have until like if they till august so if people have an entry now they've got till august to cancel their entry and get most of their money back and those extra entries will then go to people in the ballot uh, and then the last way is qualifiers um, which information on that is coming soon and I'm, I'm interested to know what times they're going to set for the qualifiers. Is it going to be like, you know, sub 2.30, sub 2.40, three hours? Um, so two questions for you, boys. One, what do you think sort of level the qualifying will be set at? And two, do you like this from Melbourne Marathon about originally having sold out and now having all of these other ways of getting in? I remember when I saw it, they used the terminology like sold out of an allocation or something like that. It was never like sold out fully, which yeah. I think confused people and then like created that panic. 
Like everyone thought that was it. Bang, you've missed your opportunity to run Melbourne Marathon. Mm, so like yeah. the delivery there probably needed some work um, because if they said this from the start, hey, we've sold out the general administration or whatever, but there's going to be five or six other ways to get in. Um, I like it. I think it puts it more on the world um, uh, schedule, what, what the routine that other big marathons do. And I think well, they'll have to go for good for age times, won't they? Like they'll have different qualifiers depending on your age bracket. They can't just say if you've run under two fifty, you're automatically in. Bad luck if you haven't. Yeah, I don't know. Like they're gonna to have to have age, gender, like some races. That's a as big well. process. I know some races go like non-binary times as well. Um, yeah, it's a big process and a big um, like yeah job to to get it sorted and check entries and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like people it's... in the offices, that job didn't even exist. Yeah, now do you reckon they've got it? the manpower to do that though? I don't know about that. Don't that know. is huge. Like they would have specific teams doing that at Boston. Mm. And they don't have the numbers to, to be able to fund that, I don't think. Because if they're – what was it last year? Was it 7,500? How many finishes did you pull oh, up there, I'm Brady? trying to look up. They used to do like a booklet. I'm trying to find that at the moment because at the moment it's just like you scroll through names and I can't no, actually yeah. – It's like, um, yeah. So for me, I, I, I just – I would rec- I would like more clarity around it when they first release the entries. Um, they they still would have got the same amount I think come in, maybe even more. But to be, I just like clarity. It feels slightly deceptive to go we're sold out, and then go hold on. You can pay this company here more money to get in, or you can you can raise money for this and get in this way, and or you can raise run- one of, raise one of our events that you know is yeah. put on by the same company. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, look, it, it would have been nice to have this all out at the very start. And then you can pick your way in and you know, like, what will happen if you don't get your entry that there's other ways. Because, what, like, this is a week or so before it's sold out. Now, oh, since it's sold out, people have already probably made other plans. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's nice that there's more entries. I think, I wonder how many more are up their sleeve that they can allocate to all this. So, say, general entry, maybe, like, 5,000 and they've got two and a half thousand more for these other entry avenues. I'm not sure. And what do you reckon the cutoff will be, Moose? Like, like assuming there's no sort of age categories, do you think it's going to be at the faster end or the slower end? Like, three, you reckon three, hour, end. three hours or I reckon faster that, than that? I reckon they'd go to the seeded times from last time. So, like, seeded being, I think men's was always about 245, women's was maybe. Three, three hours. They're yeah. not going to do that. It's too elitist to say they're sold out unless you've run under two forty-five or two fifty-five. Berlin. Berlin do it though. Well, that's their fast runner. That. That's their fast runner section, but they're still yeah. at all the other sections. What other sections? Like at Berlin, can you? Do they only? That's the only way you can get in if you've ran that time. Otherwise, you're in the ballot or doing a travel partner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Boston's yeah, true. The only Boston's one the only one. New York does as well, yeah. I think. And London do good for age. I've got a feeling that, may, I don't know, maybe Berlin had something like... Chicago or, does good for age. I think most of them oh, do good for age. Yeah, they might. But still, yeah. I don't, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But I think it should be, yeah, two, I think 245 is pretty reasonable. It's a good problem to have. People want to... The run and boom is alive and well. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Should boys, we now review the Garmin 4 runner 965. You would have been excited to see this arrive in your letterboxes, wouldn't you? 
Oh I yeah. Was. This is a good one. It's a premium product. I, I Googled the price tag on this when it arrived, and I was like, boy, oh, boy, we've been looked after here by Garmin. This is good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You, I, we've been stocking this one a little bit, and I actually, myself, I opted for the cheaper version when I bought my own about maybe six months ago. Maybe, maybe it was less than that, but I, I opted for the 265. And this 965 was always sitting there, and I'm like, oh, I can't afford that right now. Uh, so it was a real treat to go, all right, well, now it's here. I get to compare the two. Crooks, are you going from your old Coro's Apex Pro to this? Is that what you were doing? Uh, yeah. So I've been using the um, Coros, yeah, I, well, however long we've had it yeah, for. nearly so, three years. I put 20,000 yeah. Ks into that watch, and then I felt yeah. like I really blindsided and broke up with that watch because we were in a good relationship, and then one day or two weeks ago, I put it in the cupboard and haven't got it out since. Yeah, so I guess my watch rocked up, and then I was sick. So I was wearing it to bed for the first, like, three or four nights, um, and then, yeah, I didn't run until the Tuesday. So I was using it for just that heart rate data, my sleep scores, um, heart rate reserve scores, um, which, yeah, we sort of got a little bit competitive there at the back end of last week, Brady. Well, we can go there first because I did put in the message group, like, surely people don't sleep with these watches on, like, because I've never slept with a watch on. I thought it would be massively uncomfortable. And then I heard that you were sleeping with yours and you were getting some data and some scores. So I put it on and I um, have slept in it every night since. That's, yeah. I'm converted. Like this whole sleep data, seeing my sleep score, looking at the HRV number, it's mm. been fascinating about what happens when you go to sleep. And um, that'd have to be pretty accurate too, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, well, I guess it's based off the wrist heart rate, which we'll probably talk about that later when it comes to running. But I feel like the, the, the wrist heart rate's probably a little bit more accurate, like at rest, than it is when you're actually out running. So. Yeah. I'd like to think it's fairly, um, fairly accurate. And when I look at the sleep stages, like I, it does do a pretty good job of actually working out when I fall into sleep because I look at the next morning and it's like, yeah, said so I fell asleep at like 10.30. And so I'm conscious now of looking at the clock before I go to bed and just to see what time it is. And then it shows you whether you're in like light sleep, deep sleep. And yeah, like not that I can obviously remember whether I was in deep sleep, but yeah, it's been been interesting. Um, I was, it's, I sleep, certainly sleep better than I, I think I do anyway. Oh, you're smashing it. You're over 95 pretty much every night, aren't you? Out of 100? Uh, yeah, I've had a few. Uh, the last three have been like 91s to 92s. Oh, yeah. gonna have to lift your game. You got to 98 <laughs> one night, though, didn't you? 99. 99, yeah, that's good going. Yeah, I'm the same. You can see it like a kid will. Um, one of my children, I mean, will will cry throughout the night and then you can look back and see where that moment was on the graph and stuff. So that's one big thing, being converted. Never done that before, but it's definitely happening for me every night. I've just got some quick notes here. First impressions are often lasting impressions. I love when you get a digital technology out of a box and it's fully charged. Like, cause I like I'd, I don't know. I was working and it kind of sat on the bench for a couple of days. And then I finally got around to opening it up and setting it up. And I turned it on and it said battery life 99%. And I thought, that's a win. Like, I want to set this up now and it's fully charged and I'm ready to go. Um, the screen quality, Moose, do you have, like, mm. specifics on this? But this is this is next level. Like, this is incredible. It's like an LED. I don't know what it, kind of screen is it, but, like, it's it's like a TV. I could watch a movie on that screen. A yeah, mold, it, don't they call it? Is it a mold? Sounds good, know. Croaks. I think that was I, red yeah. on the box. 
I don't know what it's called either, but it's, it's sell these clear moose? as day. I do, but look, I, I, I have the others learn about this, and I say you've got to teach me in depth about this because I haven't actually gone and done it myself. Um, but the the screen, when you look at it, and especially the 965, which is a little bit bigger than the 265, it's like watching TV. Hmm. Like I've never, I, I was so shocked to see how good it was. And I, we got one in for someone else and they, they had it on. And I looked at it and I'm like, I got to get this. Because when you look down mid run and you see that, it's just so clear and crisp. And, and there's, other, there's other benefits to having a screen that good, which we'll get into later. Um, but they include like functions that, that require screens to use. Yeah, I know, like, I'll just have a couple of my data screens just on with one piece of data, so, like, heart rate, for example, and then when you look down, it's just, like, crisp. It's just, like, so big, so bright. Um, it does a good job. It's got the Garmin Pay there, so you can add your um, bank cards, just like you do with your phone, and just swipe away. Um, this is the first watch I've had where you can add, like, Spotify, and I was actually dreading that. Like, I was surprised how easy that was to set up um, and how like simple it is to connect to my headphones and I feel a bit like naked running now without my phone or my little old iPod it's like this is so simple um yeah it's been it's been good one thing I tested it with last week was the treadmill so I did my first run on the treadmill with it the data was showing way faster than what the treadmill said but then when I got off the treadmill it asked me to enter the data from the treadmill and then every time since, it's matched up pretty close to what I've actually done on the treadmill. And I know I messaged Nath about that, and I'm like, how does this work? And he's like, yeah, it looks at all the data it's got from outside and your arm swing and um, you know every bit of data it can get to match up exactly with what it thinks you're doing inside. So I thought that was pretty good. You're probably never going to get that 100% accurate, are you, Moose? But it's it's pretty much mm. the ballpark for me. Well, who says the tread is accurate? Well, that's what I mean. Like it's yeah, I'm, I probably wouldn't really trust the watch over the um the treadmill now. So that's been good there. And as I said at the start, like I'm converted with this sleep and stuff, croaks. I, I want to <laughs> take down your yeah podcast record of 99 out of 100, and I'm I'm hunting for it in school holidays. Good luck. Thanks. I'm gonna need it. What else you got? You've used the map functions, Moose? Yeah, I did. So Dalesford on the weekend, I decided to go out and I, I kind of wanted to stay away from the main town area so I thought I'm going to run these trails that head back towards Lodegurg and I didn't look at the map before I left knowing that there was a map on the phone so the 965 has not just like the old school maps where it would show you an arrow and point you to the direction of the way home this has like a google maps type map on it where I stopped at an intersection I pulled the map up it showed me the street name I was on, showed me the direction I was facing, and then I zoomed in and it showed me the trail that I was about to head out on and where it went. And I could look further along and go, does it loop back to where I need to go or not? And so I, I had full like um, vision into the future of where I was going and it just puts you, put your mind at ease in a new location like that. So... In the end, I ran 10 metres and it was a drop-off down a steep fucking ravine. So I turned around anyway. But it got me back to the, the main lake and it got me um, basically just put my mind at rest. I did, just, did you I, have I, to I, save that run and then go no, back to the maps? You could no, do no, that no, no. all while it was active. Yeah, okay. 
while I was active, it shows you like real-time maps. And you can add courses on if you want. But but I didn't know, like that was a bit of stuff around for me. I just wanted to know that if I got somewhere, I could pull up where I was and I can have a look at the maps and the trails in the area and follow them. So anyone who travels a lot, perfect. Uh, it'll get you home from, like you can search locations. So I also went out and I was like, where's the toilet? And so I searched in landmarks, I found toilets, and it showed me where all the public toilets were around me. That is that is a very handy feature in a city that you'd never been in before. So then does it give you just like an arrow pointing in a direction or does it actually take you on the path to get to it? Well, I didn't hit, I didn't select it. Well, what it about just when showed you were, me on the map when and you I were lost it. though, like when you wanted to go somewhere. Because I've, I've had that before where it's like, yeah, go north this way and it's got an arrow and I just look and it's dense bushland. Oh, no, it's got maps. It actually so it's got, follows it's got the, the map. trails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, that's perfect. It, it won't do that. It'll, it, yeah, not at all. Okay. No. Um, the other thing was last Sunday we were running, uh, like coming up to the hill down in Anglesey that goes from Point Road Night across to Anglesey Main Beach. And as I was coming to the, the bottom of the hill, the, the watch beeped at me. I thought, oh, that's a bit weird. I looked down and it said climb coming up or something along those lines. And it count and it showed me the climb. Oh, the climb goes for 2.2K. And this was the, this is your record on it, I think it was, or maybe it was the, the KOM. And so I think it gave me a choice to select it, to do the climb. And when I started, it was giving me real-time updates of my performance against the comparative performance. And so it was like you're five seconds down, you're seven seconds down, oh, really? you're 12 seconds down. And so I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Is that it, a Garmin Connect segment? No, it's a Strava. I'm pretty sure it was Strava segment. Strava segment. Did you okay. have to turn that on before you ran? Because I know Nath told us to turn that on. That yeah, day. yeah, that's turned on for me. Well, well maybe there's a Garmin Connect segment, actually. That could be. I didn't really consider that. Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there are a lot of Connect segments out there. You probably need Strava with you on your phone, actually, to get the, the Strava segments. But mm. the the ones for the, like Garmin Connect, it was still really fun to do it anyway. Or just good to know, like, how you're tracking. Because that'd be the same data that's sent into Strava anyway. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's the same. Right. Yeah, Most people would so have it unless if, you're using Coros. You... It's just whether there's more, there's probably more segments on Strava than there are on Garmin Connect. Just cause, well, if uh, it took every Strava segment, it would be bloody painful. Yeah. There's segments everywhere. Yeah, so it's, it's good that it just kind of picks the most important ones. <laughs> yeah, the heels. Long heels. Yeah, long heels, the ones we're good at. You know yeah. what I don't mind? Um, I've still got my K-splits turned on occasionally, and if I've got, like, music coming through my headphones and the K-split goes and then does a voiceover of my K-split. Oh, does it? Yeah, so it will say, like, mm. K5, 4, 47. And I go to look down and I go, don't look, Brady, just let it tell you. Just have a little guess. What do you reckon? And then I see how close I can guess to it, and then it says it in my ears. The other thing, boys, that I've used a fair bit of at home, and uh, I think Viv will steal it if I take it off my wrist, is find my phone. So, you know, when you, like, misplaced your phone around the house, I know Viv does it all the time to the point that she's like, can you call my phone? This thing, you press a button that says find my phone. Next thing, your phone starts, like, just making a noise, and you just follow the noise to find your phone. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, so that's in that assistance 
thing, isn't it, when you go to that screen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's that assistance button as well that if you stack or get bitten by a snake, because um, mm. I accidentally hit that the other day and it just started vibrating and then yeah. I had to turn it off. But, I, yeah, I haven't had to play around much in there yet, but we've still got – I think we've got another week of, like, testing and then Nath Pierce mm. is coming on next week where we can just fire him some questions. Have you guys done a planned workout with it yet? Uh, I'll no. put a monophallic or a moose phallic or something in there. No, I'm going to do some three minute reps tomorrow, but I'll just set that up as a just a standard interval session in the watch. Um, it won't be like set up in Garmin Connect and then sent to my watch. Okay, well, I might. I'll set up Moose Fartlek and do that Wednesday. Yeah, and I've done that, that on the two six five actually, and it it is pretty clean. The that's some of the differences between two six five and nine six five is um, the the battery too. It has to be mentioned mm. that, that the battery for me huge like 38 hours uh i think it's 38 hours of um or 31 hours of battery life in gps mode and 23 days in smartwatch mode so you're not having to charge every night i was doing that i was doing the 265 pretty often um so that's 20 hours of battery life so i'd say like maybe an extra three or four days worth i get it out of the 965 to the the, the 265 yeah, I've only the, once so far. The only criticism I have had of it um, was, and, and like we've spoken about wrist heart rate, I don't think it does. I don't think it matters what watch you use at the moment. And like you always hope that every time a new watch comes out, you're like, hopefully they've nailed it this time. And the first time I ran, I did like my 35 minutes or whatever, and it, average heart rate was like 138. And I'm like. Yeah, this actually looks like that's pretty pretty accurate. And I'm, I'm looking at the graph here and it, it matches up with all the climbs and everything like that. But it pretty much was I, – I thought it worked well for like two runs. But then Sunday um, I averaged, uh, yeah, 165 and was, was hovering at like 190, 185, 190 for a long time, which, you know, obviously I could just wear a heart rate strap, but I um, – for long runs, I, I just can't wear it in summer. It just chafed the crap out of me. So I either wear a, um, you know, one around my arm. But the thing, like obviously, I, I love all the all the scientific stuff that they give you in terms of what your VO2 max is and, um, yeah, and you and your training loads. But I feel like if you're relying on the wrist heart rate, then those training loads are all going to be skewed. Because for example, like you know running 25k at an average heart rate of 165 when it clearly wasn't is going to say hey you need to rest for like three days um so that's that's the only criticism but it doesn't matter what watch you have at the moment wrist heart rate's just not that accurate it's a surface area issue isn't it moose like the the wrist isn't a great spot to get i think it's to do with i think what it does is it, it it picks up the pulses in the capillaries and so they they're not sitting that close to the skin and there's not that many of them. I think that goes underneath where the watch sits on your wrist. Whereas that's why having the optical on your arm is so much more accurate and more reliable because it's so much more meaty and there's a lot more blood vessels that run through. Chuck it on that's... your arm croaks and test it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the watch. Yeah. Like that's the problem with they've got. They're tr- like all these brands. Bicep. Yeah. All these brands are trying to do wrist heart rate, and it's a hard spot mm. to get your heart rate from. But if you just chuck your watch on your bicep, yeah. And look, I, I love I love that the watches now have like 
training loads and stuff like that. But the problem is like they're only going to be reliable if your heart rate is accurate or the heart rate that the watch is receiving is accurate. And the only way for that to happen is where a strap or where a device that does you know accurately measure heart rate but you know if you're running you know 100 100 plus k a week like wearing a heart rate strap for, for every single run is um i don't know it's pretty inconvenient and the amount of chafing i'd have i'm yeah happy not to run with the heart rate for a few days the gps has this has got like what's it called moose it's a special term for the gps in this watch oh there's different you can do different, um, select different kind of satellite systems to use, uh, so different modes. The the one that I normally select is like, oh, what is it? Let me go into my watch it's and I'll tell you. All plus multiband? That's what Nathan Yeah, yeah, all. So you, it's the battery drainer, but it's the most accurate. So you can select sort of one system and it doesn't suck as much battery. You get longer out of it, maybe not as accurate, but this other one's yeah, this has been really good. I've had no issues with GPS. And did you change yours to every second? Yes, I yeah. did. Yeah, so did I. That's good. Massive thanks to Garmin for their support of the Inside Running podcast. Um, our man, Roman Nath Pierce, you would have known him from our uh, Zatapec live shows when we used to do those. He'll be on the show next week. We'll fire some more questions at him. Let's go to the uh, listener question next, Bradley. All right, this one came in from Reese Edwards today. Should Ooh. online running coaches be required to have a formal qualification? Good question, Reese mm-hmm. Edwards. Moose. Going no. to be the star of the Road to Osaka series coming up on January the 8th. And this is an interesting one for Brady, I reckon, because Brady has the uh, – he, he's what are you, a director? or a Co-founder. A co-founder of the – the country's biggest online coaching platform. And and you guys, how many of you guys would have a uh, formal qualification, Brady? Mm, everyone, I reckon, close to. Everyone. Do you have, do you have a yeah, coaching accreditation? I didn't think you did. I got mine back when I was in Unicrux. What do oh, you that's got? not relevant. I did, I was a PE teacher. Level one, I'm only level one. How long so do you- they stay for? What do you mean? How long do they stay for? Do you, do, you pa- do, you, for do you pay your AA coaching rego every year? No, nah, I stopped doing that a couple of years ago uh-huh. because we got our own insurance through the company for, through Run to PB. Mm. So you're not you don't have a qualification at this point. I've done my qualification. Yeah, right. With Athletic you... Australia, but I'm not a paying. I'm not paying my yearly membership fees. So you're not a registered sense? coach. Not through Athletics Australia. But you're a qualified coach. Qualified coach. So where are you a registered coach through? Run to PB coaching model. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an, well, I like to think my experience. This is where this question gets interesting because it's like you get the person who is a gym instructor and they go do the weekend course to be a qualified coach, but then someone may have been coaching for years and years and ran for years and years and had a lot of success coaching for years and years. And all of a sudden, if they're not Athletics Australia qualified for doing the weekend course, then they're not as qualified as the personal trainer who's done the weekend course. Am I making sense there? Yeah. 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 Which I, I think that's what exactly. Reese Edwards is getting at with these questions that, um, yeah, there might be people calling themselves qualified running coaches. I do think it's like... But it's very, like the level one, you guys might have done it more recently than I have, 
was very broad and catering to a lot of different people at different levels of coaching? Well, they've got different coaching qualifications now. So they've got like, obviously, you know, your standard level ones, twos, threes, that sort of thing. But they've got like track and field coaches where you can basically be like a club coach and you can learn like all the events. Um, but mm, now they have that's like... That's what I did. Okay. Yeah. So, I was but now they've got, and stuff. Discus. But now they've got like a recreational running coaching qualification, like level one, two, three. So that's like purely just focused on like dis- distance running, I suppose. Um so there's yeah certainly different levels out there. It's interesting. I am um, mentioned. So when Reese sent this question through, I sent him a message back saying, "Oh, what do you think about it?" And he was like, "He thinks accreditation should be required. Would also be nice to see ongoing learning required to maintain accreditation as the science and knowledge of training system continues to develop." So that was what he was thinking. I'm okay. sort of t- yeah, gonna, I'm sort yeah. of I'm sort of torn on this. Like I. I hundred percent agree with what you said before Brady in that because when I went and did the level two recreational running coach coaching course in Sydney back in like 2018 there were a heap of personal trainers there and there's no way that what they learned in that weekend and got their piece of paper that they're going to be more qualified than somebody that's lived and breathed the sport for the last 20 years without a coaching qualification whether they've been an athlete themselves um, or just around the sport so I I 100% agree with that. Um, I do think, though, sometimes coaches can get sort of set in their ways and and don't, like, learn about new training methods or, you know, sports science and that sort of thing, which um, I think it's worth looking at, looking into that sort of area a bit more. So do you pay your accreditation fees yearly for the insurance? Is that where you're paying it? I or do. Or do they send I, I... you, like, PD stuff, like, to further develop and stuff throughout the year no i don't do any additional pd stuff they do send through like newsletters and they they do have opportunities to go and and listen to people speak um but yeah yeah i still pay i still pay my coaching rego every year as part of like like are you doing that for insurance mostly uh yeah like i don't know i think it's also yeah it's just i think just good to have but yeah probably from the insurance point of view uh it's not that expensive it's like 100 I don't think it's even a hundred bucks a year. Yeah, it's pretty affordable. Yeah, if they got a lot of coaches, that'd be a nice little money maker. Mm. Moose. Um. Yeah. I, I, look, I don't think you need a. The way it's set up now, I don't think you need a formal qualification to be an online running coach because of the uh, exactly how you guys have put it. Like, I also don't think you need to have an an in depth current knowledge of of science to be a running coach Mm. like a lot of those old school coaches that use old school philosophies develop them without knowing about science and 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 use their intuition their experience over decades of coaching to develop them without a physiologist telling them why it's working and often Mm. the science comes after the coaching has has provided them a pathway to test something. Mm. So, like, I may remember Arthur Liddy, had, basically he was doing things before the scientists had, had even tested it. And years later they said, oh, this is why what you were doing was working. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I know, but, but I also don't care because it, it was working. Um, yeah, I suppose I should clarify. When I'm talking about the sports science stuff, Moose, I'm probably talking more about, like, the marathon and nutrition and that sort of thing where I feel like that has come a long way in the last – 
10, 15 years. Yeah, whereas... there has, for sure. And, yeah, there's a lot of things coming out now that that if you, you, you've got to be across. And the old coaches that don't keep up with that, they are doing their athletes a disservice by not investigating and continually learning. Mm-hmm. It's just they will pick out things that they think is relevant. And you take one of those coaches to the, the weekend level one course to get the accreditation and, and, it, and it would be laughable for them yeah. what, what they would be. <laughs> they would yeah. sit there and think, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. Um, and, but they would get the qualification. So I don't, I, don't, I don't think you do need a qualification, no. We like to say 10 years. Like if you've been around runner for 10 years, we think that's like depending on who you are, but that used to be a general rule of thumb that we'd use. Like if you've been in the AV system for 10 years, you listen to us for six years, you've got a a bookshelf full of running books and you watch flow track videos and documentaries on running and you absolutely froth it, that means more to me as someone who owns a coaching business than a weekend level one rec running coaching qualification. I'm not sure how much Paul listening to us for the last six years gives Brady, but no, no, man, no, the guests and the people we've interviewed and stuff. But but I think anybody out there that's looking for an online running coach, I I certainly wouldn't go into that blind. I'd certainly, you know, find out who they are, what they've done, not necessarily as an athlete, like who they've coached, what sort of success they've had as a coach. Um, So like, do a bit of research about the person that is going to be coaching you. Mm. Don't just look up some random website and just go, oh, yeah, running coach, I'll just go to that one. Yeah, do a read bit of, their, do a read bit of their research. bios, ask the questions. Good question, good discussion. Mm. It's very hard for the governing bodies to, like, make the courses to suit people at different – I guess that's why they've got different levels and stuff. But imagine the clientele, you're getting a wide range of people signing up for those courses. Yeah, I must – yeah, like, I – didn't find it that valuable the the coaching course that I did. remember moose were like that um the final assessment for that thing was like writing that ten, was yeah. it like a 10 week plan or something and it was like you know somebody who's i don't know like hardly like hardly a runner where you you're basically scheduling run run walks for the first like few weeks and then progress it to like 20 minutes of continuous running so yeah. Was, yeah yeah which is it's almost like that is pretty valuable stuff i guess for someone who, like a physiotherapist perhaps, who's rehabbing an athlete back, it would probably be valuable for them to do. Um, mm. And and even like for the majority of personal trainers, that could that would probably be valuable for yeah. someone who has no who who has no uh, knowledge of the sport. I would say it is valuable. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but what but, I mean, but, but I get the argument Brady's saying though. Like somebody who goes and does that qualification, does that weekend course like they're still not necessarily going to be a better coach or more qualified than somebody who's been, you know, coaching for 20 years around the sport for 30 years and doesn't have a coaching qualification. But, yeah, I, I don't think anyone would confuse that though, mm-hmm. surely. Yeah. Like that, th- that would probably just be your insecurity, Brady, if not, you felt like that. Not my insecurity. I'm just, just contributing to this discussion. <laughs> I reckon that's played on your mind a bit. Nah, so, it's all good. Those high-achieving academic coaches that have gone through the coursing the system. I just told you I don't rate it that highly. What are you level? It's a bit of a it's like Scientology, isn't it? Like you get through different levels and stuff. <laughs> and don't you have to like pay heaps of money and then have like an? Don't you have to have an athlete who represents Australia to get to a certain level? I'm, I don't know. But I, I know that I did it because you used to get a coach's payment when an athlete makes a team. Hmm. Did you? And, 
Yeah, yeah. So, but you would never, you wouldn't get the payment unless you were an AA qualified coach or a registered coach or something, um, something like that. And so I, uh, so I did the course for those reasons. Oh, that's interesting. So there's people at that level who it's like, we need you to do it, otherwise you're not getting paid. Um, well, pretty much. I'm pretty sure that was it, but I can't remember exactly, but I think that was right. You had to be an um, AA-registered coach, and in order to be registered, you had to have done the course. Yeah. Maybe we should get a, get a coach so they, um, the coach can tell him that he needs to adjust his paces when running in a hot marathon. Mm. Funny that he's all of, all about the new training philosophies and science now. But yeah. He doesn't seem to give a shit about that. No, because that's boring. <laughs> Changing your pace. Yeah. Good on your race. Thanks for the question. Moose on the loose. Well, I got none this week. I'm I'm all I'm all moose on the loose. Out used two last week. Well, so last just... week there was a bit of um, feedback from last week. Relatability was a big thing. That's why influencers. That that's why influencers. Um, gain followers attention people relatability can, people can relate better to the guys running 90 minutes for a half marathon than mm. than the guy running 59 minutes for the half marathon interesting okay fair enough i did some research out it's definitely the like the audience is already there it's not like you look at some of these people's audiences and it's not 99% of running fans who are following these people. They've been on like reality TV shows or from other sports or whatever and then they this is their new thing and then they start spitting out running information to their followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see Tim Robards is back. Yeah, I saw he was back actually. Yeah, yeah. A few butt kicks. Yeah. He was doing I, straights I, and bends, wasn't he? I saw him doing stuff when I, um, he was fucking jacked too. <laughs> he was doing stuff on a soccer oval sprinting uh, and then jogging and stuff but yeah same so reality tv star from the bachelor um he was a doctor or something though, wasn't he physio banker i don't know what he was but i think that's... I, think he was per- I think he was a personal trainer yeah no, he's a chiropractor mm. is he oh geez now we're throwing I, th- I, th- I thought he was a personal trainer uh, i thought he might have been a chiro <laughs> yeah i don't know Shit. we're all over the place here but yeah there's some um, good feedback thanks to the people who wrote in We'll do a review of each week's um, Moose on the Loose. I, I, I got a purchase, though. Oh, do you? What do you got? Yeah. So I got a new heater for my, my gym just so on the cooler days it heats it up a bit quicker. So that's, that's one thing I bought. And I also got a new awning for my big exposed window that comes down onto the onto my dining room because the, there's an awning up there, but the motor was fizzled. So we've got a new motor, and and it, now I can actually sit down on a warm day. Otherwise, it's like a it's like a hot box. Does Bree approve of both purchases? Well, no, she was pushing for the awning, and the heater didn't really approve too much of that. <laughs> Could imagine. <laughs> well, that was stupid. <laughs> and it, to be honest, it's pretty stupid. Because now I went in there before without the heater on, it was like 31 degrees. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you only go buying a heater in summer. <laughs> Should have got more of a discount on that, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a lot on whispers as well, but can you ask Sinead a couple of questions for me, Moose? Because I've got some old ones fizzling away that have come in. Can you ask her if she's running the marathon? 
had a whisper the other day that people think she's going to do her... Um, because, like, are we agreeing that, like, Sinead's in this boat now where she's got the fastest time, obviously the Australian record, but needs to show some kind of fitness? Yeah, she'll need to do something between now and the Olympics. Yeah. But but she will. Like, she's not the type of person that can just sit around and train, I think, for, what, eight months. So can you just ask her if she's going to run a marathon moose? Because I heard a whisper that she's going to do a, um, a pacing job in Japan, pace Nagoya. And I was like, would that count as a show of fitness if it's not an official race? But I guess they have an official split for halfway if she pulls out then. I wasn't sure. I'd so, say it would. I'd say it would. Yeah. So can you just ask her that on Monday? But why are you, want to, why are you proving fitness in Feb? The race is in fucking August or September. Yeah, it's earlier than that. It's like June or July, isn't it? Is it? The Olympics late June. It's later than that. When does the qualifying change? Uh, stop, Mark. The uh, Olympics not in June. Nah, Brady, cook that. Isn't it what Summer Olympics? Here? What do you do here? I'm Googling. Right. Yeah, 26, July. 26th of July. From July, that's what August. I said, July. To the 11th of August. Who said September, October? I said, oh, no, I said August, July. September. I was in the middle. I was, I was like, no, nah, it's not June. 12th of right again. Is hmm. it in August or is it in July? It's in, in July, both. 26th. The Women's Marathon. That's Actually, the, um, I don't reckon any of the athletics will be in July. Yeah, it's yeah, so normally second week. Trail full correct again then, boys. I'll have a slab, on, I'll have a slab for that. <laughs> so bring down your slab in a couple of weeks. Um, so ask her, just ask her. And then some whispers about just, yeah, just just ask her what's going on with those races. That'd be good. Okay. Uh, end of your shows coming up next couple of weeks, Croaks. What are our categories we've got to start thinking about? Uh, so we've got performance of the year, most improved, most consistent, race of the year, athlete of the year, uh, ones to watch and what we're excited for. Let's do a listener choice as well this year. We're going to put all those questions on um, on Patreon, on our link in our bio on Instagram, on Facebook, and we'll get some listener feedback. We'll keep it open for a week between next week's show and the, the final show of the year. Tough year, this one, I reckon. Bloody oath, no standouts, there, are there? No, there's not really because um, there's only, what, the one major championship and there wasn't really a massive stand out at that championship. Jess Hull's the one coming to mind for me. She the best. Jen Gregson, two pretty good marathons. Jess certainly Who's very very, consi- very consistent on the uh, international circuit. Yeah. We anyway. do male and female athlete of the year? Uh, I don't think we did. In the, no, Are no. you picking Jen Gregson over Lisa Waitman? Oh, yeah, that was Feb, wasn't it? Yeah, so she ran the no. So Jen ran the third fastest time ever. Yeah, but and Lisa didn't. Does that get well? Well, wasn't Lisa's at the time the third fastest? Yeah, but it's the end of the year. So what's happened in the calendar year? Yeah, but you can only do what you've done three. at the time. <laughs> yeah, but then you got to look at. There's also Jen ran the third fastest, but there's people that have run Aussie records this year. Jess Hull. Yep. Liam Adams, Lind- 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 Linden Hall. Linden Hall. First female under 357. 1,500, though. They get more of a shot at it. You might run 15 or 20 of those the whole year. Well, I guess we'll discuss Marathon all this. Marathoners only we? get two. Mm. One to watch is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's got some stuff to think about. Let's start looking through some old results. Yeah. Come up with some surprises. All right, fellas, what's happening between now and next week? Christmas. What's Santa yeah. bringing? A couple of uh, running company Geelong vouchers, I reckon. Oh, yeah. 
spend them at your new store. Give us a call during the week. Hit us up on Instagram. We did get an email the other day. You could um, just throw some quick ones out here. It was from a listener about um, suggested Christmas gifts. Oh, yeah. I had a question. I had a question, Moose. What's, boyfriend, what has been? Can I just read this? My yeah. boyfriend loves the podcast. Can you recommend some good running presents for Christmas? Anything you suggest, I'm sure he would like. Thank you. So, All if right. you've got a girlfriend and her name starts with E, tell her to listen to this next two minutes because there's going to be some information here. <laughs> she probably doesn't listen to the show, but she knows you listen to the show. So, get them to tune in at an hour forty six thirty seconds. Go, Moose. Well, I'm a massive fan lately of the on lightweight cap. So I'm, I'm a big cap wearer when I run because I've got a lot of exposed scalp. Well, it's growing my scalp um, and the hair's getting thinner. So this lightweight cap protects me. But a lot of the new hats these days, they've got this floppy little lid on them. And, and I don't like that. I like something firmer and a bit stiffer so that when the wind hits it, it doesn't just flop back on me. And, and when the rain hits it, it stays solid. It doesn't turn into a soggy mess. And this new on cap, oh, it's like it's a joy to run in. So that's one of them. That's the on lightweight cap. A uh, pair of gooders always goes down well. So sunglasses, 50 bucks for a polarized pair of running sunnies. They're silicon. They don't fog. They stick to your nose. You can chuck them around because they're 50 bucks. So you don't have to treat them like they're, they're like gold. Um, I mean, a voucher is the perfect answer, really, because someone can get exactly what they want. Uh, but we've got apparel. So we do Patagonia. There's a five-inch short from Patagonia, and it's one of the staff's favorite shorts. It's got pockets. It's got a bit of coverage, good quality. That's for men. On the ladies' side, we've got the Nike AeroSwift 2-inch, which is like it's like a split short, but it's got a pleated longer back for women. And this pleat, it's... I mean, Bree said it's the most comfortable short she, she's ever worn it, as, a, as a split short. Uh, so that's been popular for ladies. Um, always good to go for the Coros heart rate monitor like you're, you've got, Brady. That's an easy gift because every runner would appreciate that. Can I throw one out there? Not sure if you stock it, but something that I use daily and the love. Been using it for three years. Requested a new pair of Santa, pair of UFOs. Oh, we got the UFOS. So we got the UFOS in the slide. We got the UFOS in the thong. And we got these new ones, the adjustable slide. So it's like a slide, but it's Velcro. So you can tighten it if you need to, and you can loosen it if you need to. That is the key. I think it's called the um, Velcro. I mean, it's the adjustable, the uh, UFOS uh, slide adjustable. We also have one called the Omega. And the Omega, primarily for ladies, it's like a high stack kind of like a hocker version of the Ufos. So it's got almost like double the amount of cushion. Good. Yeah, good. U- U- Ufos is probably one of the best uh, pieces of equipment we've ever received on this show. Mine, mine are still going. Yeah, so are mine. They are so good. That'd be three years ago they sponsored the show. Yeah. Mine are losing grip. There's a What's, camo um... pair here, Moose. I'm going to get You got camo? <laughs> don't, look, I'm gonna, don't get camo, please. Camo ain't going to do it for you at the pub. You'll get beat up. No, I don't wear it at the pub. <laughs> what's the most popular shoe at the moment, Moose? And what's the most popular like accessory that you're selling? Um, the most popular shoe is probably the Brooks Glycerin 21 mm. or the ASIC Super Blast. 
which has just we just received a second color today. But the Glycerin 21 has been a huge update for those guys, and it's it's a really it's, it's I haven't really loved Brooks as a training option for myself, but this would be a shoe I would actually run in. And then the accessory is the Coros heart rate monitor. Like, Brady, you, you've had those issues. I'm going to follow that up tomorrow with Coros. I'm going to get an answer for you there because I haven't experienced that at all, but it concerns me that you did, so I'm going to look into that. Yeah, it's like, I, th- I think it's what I said. It's almost like it goes to sleep and it's like, oh, this run's finished. You need to, like, reactivate it. Oh, yeah. And well, because when I had my Coros, it was like I had wrist heart rate turned off. So that was, if it wasn't there, I knew it wasn't there and had to do something about it. But because yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've got the wrist arm and one, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's connected. But it, it was really, it was on me. There's an alert that comes up saying it's been connected. And for some reason, I just, yeah, didn't realize it. I've got to pay more attention to that. But you shouldn't have to because it should almost be like when you, because like obviously if you finish a run, and then like a warm up, and you save it, and then you go to start your session. Like you click the start run, and you're basically waiting for the satellite. It so reconnects during, again. It's during that period that it should just automatically reconnect to your heart rate. Mm, yeah, and remember, was it? I reckon when I ran that, remember I had an issue with it when I did that three k race in Bendigo, and then I did a threshold yeah. afterwards. I reckon that was the same issue. And like in saying that, I've ran with it for a month now, and I'm talking about can count the number of times it hasn't worked on my one hand easy. And I reckon that all the time has been related to that. So, yeah. 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 No, look, I've had no issues. I've, I've been, I wear it every day. Like Croaks said that it would be crazy to, to do that, yeah. but I wear, I wear it every day. So do I. Maybe I've got to I know, go I said wearing, to... I, I said wearing a chest strap would be crazy because yeah, yeah. it just I wouldn't do shit that out either. of me. That would fuck, <laughs> I would hate that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fellas, we'll see you next week for episode number uh, 321. Boxing Day. We're going to record Boxing Day? We are, because Christmas Day is Monday, isn't it? Yeah. So we'll have Christmas Day off, but Patreon supporters, you'll get the show Tuesday, everyone else will get it Wednesday, so that'd be normal. Might get a Christmas guest. Get a Christmas guest organised. Fill some content, although we'd have just spoken for an hour and 50 on a a pretty low agenda show. We've got Nath. Oh, we got Nath, yeah, Nath. Roman Nath. He'll, he'll bring some the good Boxing Christmas. Day treat. Yeah, that is, isn't it? He'll bring some good Christmas Day energy for sure. Yeah. All right, boys, see you later. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is powered by Garmin and their Forerunner 965 GPS smartwatch, which goes beyond the basics, offering detailed insights into your running dynamics, VO2 max estimates, heart rate variability, recovery times, and much, much more. Visit garmin.com.au for more details.